is the Explosion Network's Fast and Furious podcast, and we don't have friends. We have family. Each week in the lead up to Fast and Furious 9, Will, she'll be cracking a corona to discuss the films, characters, music, and more of the Fast saga. My name's Dylan Blight, and joining me today on this very show, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan, excited to be here because, as you just said before we started the show, you don't care if I'm sick as a dog or in bed with Beyonce. You call, I show. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. That's actually what we were just talking about. <laughs> it's like an in joke that works because it's also like associated to the episode somewhat. So that was good. Um, and also here, Kira Machin. I can't. I can't even try and compete with that. I'm look. I I'm not the funny member of Explosion Network. I'll just admit that now. <laughs> Let's carry on with the show and you know live our lives, shall we? Yeah, it's, I mean the best part's over now as it is every week. But, it's all um, done. You can just you can just leave if you'd like. Um, yeah. Ash is going to. Oh no, we need to get to Ash reciting his favorite quote later. That'll be the best yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, so on today's episode, we are talking about <laughs> the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, released in two thousand and six, directed by Justin Lin, uh, written by Chris Morgan. I'll note that this was their first. For the both of them, Chris Morgan, of course, ends up doing a bunch of them. Justin Lin ends up doing a both of, a bunch of them. Uh, main cast of the film, Lucas Black, Shad Moss, a.k.a. Bow Wow, Sung Hang, Brian T, Leonardo Nam, Nathalie Kelly, Jason Tobin, and Alden Ray. The synopsis of the film is, a teenager becomes a major competitor in the world of drift racing after moving in with his father in Tokyo to avoid a jail sentence in America. It's called drifting. What do you mean, drift? The cars are lighter. The tires are slick. When you drift, if you ain't out of control, you ain't in control. Now, I do want to start with... Because we've kind of been leading up to this point of throughout this whole show, this is the one Fast and Furious movie that Ash has not seen. So, Ash, how do you feel about Tokyo Drift? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's fun too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's amusing to have like a, a like you've said before. It's actually about racing, um, which a lot of the other films are not. Um, there is that crime element still with it, which would be fitting within a Fast and Furious movie. Um, yeah, it's not as prevalent as, as it is in any of the others, though. No, but it's still there. Um, it is obviously held back by Lucas Black. He was not the greatest <laughs> leading Ooh. man. Uh, I mean, could you pick an accent that more goes against a Japanese person, the <laughs> a Japanese grain. setting? Yeah, I guess. Uh, which I mean, that's I probably that's what he was going for. Yeah, the yeah. Po- most polar opposite. Uh, yeah, he just kind of acts like the most American character at the start, like saying, yeah. "I thought you had freedom over here." <laughs> yeah, I I have a theory that you can go, go back to what you're saying in a second. I have a theory that potentially Justin Lin, if he could have got his way, would have just made it like like he could have brought over like he's better like some warrior characters more than just Han and had like one of those be the star or someone else be the star. You know what I mean? Like you could have made it Asian American comes to Japan and even that would have been an interesting story. But I feel like Universal Studios was like, we need white American front of poster to sell this movie. 
or else it's not going to go. You know what I mean? I feel like that was an important key point that they wouldn't tell you, but I feel like that's what it is. And then you end up with uh, Lucas Black, the most white American, <laughs> hey, girl, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can get. Yeah. What else do you think about it? I mean, drifting is interesting, I guess. <laughs> it's very different to everything else. Um, obviously, there's the moment when Hard dies, which is in this film. Uh, it really does not fit very well with <laughs> what happens afterwards. I don't think it, like, obviously what we know happens afterwards. It doesn't, like, doesn't fit. There's a really. lot of retconning, as we call it. There's a lot of retconning. Especially watching multiple times. all those two films, like, bookending it. Like, it's hard to. <laughs> it also f- Go. feels mm. that way with watching this film and then watching Furious 7 after this. Yes. Well, yeah, we there's... go from 2006 to 2000. And... Yeah, I'd like 15, to say, 16, can I get one of them flip phones? that are really big right now in uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, but by yeah. the way, so this film, when they <laughs> retconned it, they've retconned it so that Tokyo Drift takes place in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> Canonically, in the universe, it takes place in 2012 now. So it makes Tokyo in Fast and Furious backwards and behind the times to the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess when they made it in 2006, they would have been like, it's set in current yeah. day, I guess, you know. But after all the retconning, they now say it's 2012. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, all the flip phones are back, I guess. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, whatever, who cares? Like, just accept it and It was the um, Japanese yeah. renaissance of uh, 2012, where they went back to using technology from 2006. That's all We all remember yeah. that time, right? It was yeah. a very short period, but can, can I ask, it did um, happen. Can I ask Ash? What, do you see why everybody fell in love with Han from this movie? Yeah, he's like the super charismatic, like wise, like aloof, uh, cool guy who eats stuff. Who's the, the mentor time. figure in this? He's like the the pseudo father father figure, mentor figure. Yeah, in, the, in this in a lot of ways, and he's like the cool dude. So, I mean, I think it's more interesting watching this now after seeing Han's story all prior. Uh, I imagine watching this first, you'd be like, oh, he's a player and he's like going after yeah. all these chicks and everything. But now watching this, you're like, oh, he's just trying to fill that hole that Giselle's left. Yeah, Giselle left. Yeah. You can tell My- even it even connects from his, you know, the the thing of um, in Bed Luck Tomorrow, he is a heavy smoker. And then throughout the movies, we've seen that he eats snacks to try and like compensate for that addiction. It's very much the same of he's lost Giselle. He's now kind of being this player such womanizer to kind of compensate now to kind of help with him deal with that emotion and that loss um mm. that is it's pretty interesting yeah this is this is all one of my favorite things about the fast and furious fr- franchise these days is that kind of like some stuff they do in star wars where it's like they they release a film and or they release a book or whatever else and it kind of helps you like somewhat proper canon retcon slash also like headcanon retcon but it allows you to look at characters for a different lens even if it isn't specifically said in the film you know what i mean it's like like when we talk about the rogue one darth vader thing in new hope where that's that's fan retconning because we're 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 now going oh he gets super angry at the end of rogue one so then that explains why he's super angry at, at the start of new hope of course that isn't actually what happened because Rogue One didn't come out until a very long time after. However, that's now how we all 
view that film. And uh, of course, for the first time I watched this, I was just like, Han's cool, whatever. But ever since watching all those other films, yeah, I exactly what you, you're talking about now. It's all this kind of retconning in the way that I watch it and view Han is that he's uh, all the womanizing stuff and whatever else is because of Giselle and the way he acts is because of Giselle and what he's been through and whatever else. So yeah, it's it's like, <laughs> that's that's all I always like people like silly mindless action movies. I'm like, man, you should see, I could write a thesis on like character stories <laughs> from these fucking movies. Uh, any other uh, initial thoughts on the movie, Ash? Things? No, I mean everybody else is kind of fine. Like the the love interest is okay. The dad's all right. Um, Bow Wow is fine. I mean, <laughs> he's kind yeah. of annoying, Twinkie. but what do you, he he plays a role fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, Karen, what a what, what? How do you feel about the movie? And like, this, a, is, this is been a while since you watched it, or? No, I think I've watched this fairly regularly somehow, because um, <laughs> it's one of my favorites, and I think and I think it's the same for you and me, Dylan, where it's just kind of one of those movies from you know we grew up around about the same time, the same kind of age. This was the coolest movie, yeah, for like, like this a was year so or fucking so cool when I was in school. And yeah. I just there's something about it that no matter, and I know as I get older and as I get a better appreciation of movies and television and media from being osmos from osmosis of talking to you two more and more and being around you both more and more. Um, every time I watch movies that I love, I definitely pick up on things that I didn't pick up on. Like Sean's accent was probably the most grating thing in this viewing of the movie that I've ever viewed before. Sometimes his lines, I'm just like, fucking hell. What is going on? Like, this is... Twank, eh? Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, it's just like Wabaki, you know? It's wabaki. It's just like, <laughs> like, fucking hell, okay. Um, but no, this movie is still so much fun. I really like um, Han and DK's relationship. I enjoy... I enjoy DK's whole side story to this because I think it... It does something that it... In the... Leading up to this point and around this point... It gives the the antagonist of the movie some kind of layered backstory and reasoning to why he is the way he is um, that you don't really get in um, Fast and Furious. Like you see more of his interactions with his uncle. You see him being a bit more of it's you know this whole DK persona is a bit more of a a, fa- a face for him to you know look more powerful in front of the people that are in his community, whereas really he is this kind of underling to a to a real gangster in the Yakuza that I think is very interesting. Um, this has some of my favourite cars in the whole thing. Like, I really love the cars in this movie. Um, and, yeah, just overall, this movie is just fun and it has a great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, everything, everything you just said. I mean, yeah, I this was... The coolest movie in school. Everyone would just listen to the soundtrack pretty much on repeat, either through their phone, where they were. You could have like two songs on your phone at the time, uh, and they would install that many unless you were fancy enough to have a uh, fucking I don't know, 20, 10, 20 megabyte fucking SD card to put in your flip phone or whatever we had uh, in school at the time. Uh, and everyone would just be blasting fucking Tokyo Drift, like walking around the playground or whatever and else. Do you ever, do you also have the point now where? Tokyo, even though it's a country and you know it's Japan and you know the value of Tokyo, when you hear Tokyo, you instantly mentally connect it to Tokyo Drift and you instantly hear the song. 
like the main Tokyo Drift song out of this. It happens all the time for me. Anytime somebody mentions yeah. it, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like singing the start of that song every single time. I was, I was thinking about while watching it, uh, like the, the Tokyo element of this and like connection wise, this would have been like my first, I would say connect, like look at Tokyo slash Japan also. Cause this was all before I started, like the, I'd seen this before I even started watching any sort of anime or anything like that. So this, this was like my first, like watching this movie, I was like, Oh, this is Japan, you know? And of course this movie isn't like the, the greatest example of like, well, this is what Japan's really like kind of thing. But at the time I remember watching this in high school and being like, Japan's awesome. Like, I want, you know, I want to go to Japan. Look at this shit. This place looks awesome. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I every time I do hear this song, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tie it all in. But yeah, um, I agree, obviously, that Lucas Black uh, slash Shane Boswell, I mean, I, I don't dislike the character in particular. I, I do feel like they purposely did the character. Aimed it up. Yeah, like I feel like they, they, they went for something on purpose, like speci- like really went for like the most stereotypical American guy, but like it just they went a little bit too far, but I also, I've seen it so many times that it doesn't actually annoy me. Cause I, I got past that point a while, like a while ago. Now I just accept it for what it is. One thing I do want to talk about though, before moving on to different things is how we feel about the opening of the movie, because I always found the opening of the movie cool slash weird. And even watching it now, I'm like, it's so funny. They spend like 15 minutes doing this whole like American setup thing. Like the, the whole opening yep. credit scene is goes for like several With the minutes. Kid from home improvement. Take you into school. Yeah, like they show you all around the school. They they build that guy up to be such an asshole. They do the whole race. They spend a lot of money on that race, that opening race, of course. And then they spend time in the cop plays and whatever. Like they spend a long time getting to Tokyo, really, in retrospect. Like do, does it well, is it fine? It, does it work? I always find it, it for me, it's always been a thing of seeing the school is so different to Australian slash English schools that I'm always like slash bewildered or amazed at watching those kind of that slow motion kind well, of. I, I think watching it now, it's like even more relevant with all the shootings yeah. that they have in schools more now compared to back then. So, yeah. Like, oh, I know. It's, I mean, it, it's entirely there to set up that Sean is a great driver. Um, so then when he gets thrashed in that first drift race, uh, it's like, oh, he's completely out of his element. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it also shows he's just like super rash. Guess has a love for his car. There's also the, there's like a, there's like a duo line where between this and, um, what other Fast and Furious movie is? I can't remember which one is that. I think it's like Too Fast, Too Furious. Where, like at the start here where the, the dude's like talking about his Ferrari or whatever it is, the rich kid. And he's like, it's got two point whatever, six horsepower, some bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And then Sean turns and goes, ah, you can, it can read the brochure. I, I think it's like something that Tyrese also says in Too Fast, Too Furious or something like that to someone. Uh, the cop or someone like that, I think. Something along oh, those no, lines. It's, um, no, no, no. It's uh, very similar to... Um, when Brian is questioning his partner, like his yes. like the surprise partner, yes. and he's like, "I didn't know that pizza places now sold motors." Yeah, um, and he's, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, that, it's like very similar to that. And I always wonder if they did it on purpose, like as a sort of like tie-in sort of thing. But it's similar sort of line, but also works for sh- like showing that Sean is um like he, he's a gearhead. Like he's not just 
likes cars, can like wants to go fast like the other dude. He he does obviously work with them and knows enough because that is important to these movies. All the people, all the characters in the Fast and Furious franchise, they're not just like, oh, I like pressing my foot to the pedal. But like they all understand and could work cars. It also it also shows that he has almost a better understanding of uh, cars than say Brian did when we first met Brian because probably he kind of understands in that first race you can see him understanding that okay i'm not going to beat this car in an out and out race i'm not going to be that egotistical i'm going to try and cheat like just do like i'll find my own i'll make a shortcut or something like it's it's it shows he's not as egotistical as say brian is at the start of fast and furious where he's just thinking he can just fucking put a heap of nos in it and just gear it out like that. go for gold yeah work it all out yeah um all right, so let's get into the family slash talking about some of these other key characters in this movie. So first of all, of course, we meet Sean Boswell, who we're talking about right now, who shows up briefly next week in Furious 7, and then, of course, is going to be showing up in Fast and Furious 9. We don't know how what? much time... Yeah, Wait, like, what? You blew my mind. That I'll I'll put it out there before these two idiots make fun of me. <laughs> I didn't notice him in the trailer, and these two blew my mind last week when they told me. It was it was. In case was you're something. also having your mind blown, if you want to go rewatch the Fast and Furious Nine trailer and the part right before they show the the little car with a jet engine that's strapped to the top of it, uh, Sean's right there. Like he's he's kind of he's getting covered by uh, Tez or someone I think from whoever Tez's it is. Tez's shoulder, shoulder, I think it is. Yeah, it's Tez's shoulder's kind of covering. But if you pause it at the right second, you will see his gaping, smiling face. Mm-hmm. At uh, Tej, as uh, I like to think that they're like just said we strapped a rocket to it, and then Tej and Roman are like, "You did what?" Like, because <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "We got, <laughs> we got this. Let's go." Uh, but yeah, my question is, h- how much time do you reckon we'll actually get with Sean in nine? And how are you going to feel? How do you reckon it's going to feel to have Sean Boswell, Mister American accent himself, interacting with the rest of the crew? Because you got to remember, we've only ever seen him interact with. Uh, Dom twice, of course, in the after credit sequence of this movie, and then in the tie-in bit next week, and that's it. He's never actually interacted with any of the other core members of Fast. Also, Furious. just to do the math on this, in Fast and Furious Nine, how old is he supposed to be, <laughs> and how old is he really? Because he's, he's got gonna, one he's of gonna, those. I, like, I think in real life he's like thirty something. I would presume that, like, can canonically. He's supposed to be, to be like, like nearly 20s. 18 in Tokyo Drift. Like I think he's like 17 turning 18. So let's say this is like a couple years later. He's like he's like young 20s, but in he's reality like he's like early 30. 20s. Yeah, and yeah. it's like he's one of those people that like he's kind of not aged, but at the same time he's aged kind of badly. Like he still I, has. I, so when Oof, they do the thing in Fear 7... It, it's horrible because it, you can obviously tell it's like like 10 years later in his age yeah. and he does not look young at all anymore. But I give, I'm like, whatever. You've, you've done that. It's, it's for a little bit to tie it in. I don't care. I think I'm more, I'm possibly going to be more accepting with nine and I might be able to accept like, oh, he's like supposed to be like 23, 24, but he looks like 30. Like some people do. Like they age really fast. If they were still trying to play him as 18, it would be a big weird. no-no, yeah. but I think because he's at least like younger twenties, mid twenties, possibly at this point, like because I don't really know 
how the timeline works, but you got to think like, so Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious 7, like one right after another and connect, right? Between seven and eight, there's I think a year or so, something like that. I don't know how long is going to be between eight and nine. It could be longer. So yeah, there's there's time to age him up between all of these at least. Yeah. But how, how do you think he's going to go interacting with other people, like talking to Rome and Ted? Like, how do you think he's, the banter is going to go? Does it work in your head? Is it fine? Second? I think, I think... As long as they do it right, I do think, and this comes with spoilers for next week, with watching the next movie, and I haven't watched Faye, but even watching the next movie, it got to the point early in the next movie where I was like, wow, this team's grown, like, really small. Like, there is really only, like, four main members in this team now That's that is there, you know, after the end of the next movie. So you kind of, like... Okay, or four, five, sorry, five. So it would be good if they can interject Sean as another proper member of that team and, and he has good chemistry with them or he almost, not to not to say we want him to do that, but he almost kind of steps into a similar place as where Brian was, not the same because Brian was kind of like a, you know, a, a leader with Dom, but to kind of fulfill that kind of role within the group again would be, um, would be a good position for him. I think... I hope they have toned his accent down a little bit more for the new movie. I think. It, I think it, you can just straight up ditch it because Scarlet, um, whatever, uh, Black Widow was like Russian in Iron Man two, and then she just suddenly lost it between films. So that's fine. Well, yep. Like just same with Scarlet. Witch. <laughs> she she yeah, turned she, yeah, she had an accent too. She just lost it, so it's fine. Just ditch the accent. <laughs> Ash, how, Ash, how are you gonna? How do you reckon you'll go interacting with the? I mean, it'll be fine. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, it's been several years. He's, he's super cocky in the first in the film, so whether he's still like super cocky, yeah. I guess. Uh, you know, yeah. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, though, of course, our, our update for the family in this movie is we lost Han. There's an asterisk on that <laughs> because we are we are getting him back, but like just we to take into account, much like. Shut up. <laughs> Much like how we talked about, like when I take, I did note when we lost Lady, and then we got when we got her back. So of course, in the line, we this is the film where we uh, lose Han. Uh, it still sucks to watch, even though knowing that he comes back. Um, I'm so glad that I chose to do this podcast for this current run because it makes it so much more interesting to watch it knowing that like how's he come back sort of thing like compared this, to if we did it like last year and I would have been like fuck man I wish I'd just bring Han back like it's more interesting just to be able to just go I have this cool. really <laughs> bad feeling depending on how they bring Han back but if like I just had this bad feeling halfway through this movie where I was like are they gonna make Han like betray the team like, is he going to come nah. back? Like, I'm like, nah. you can't though, yeah. right? Like, Justice is literally, coming. Literally, no, yeah, Justice is coming. But literally, Justin Lin, Justice the is director of right, like this one, and and um, the who's returning to do nine. And he, his last one he did was uh, six, right? Obviously, he, he stopped when Han, when the, the timeline caught up to his first film, he stopped. And now he's returning. And in interviews, he said the sole reason he chose to come back is because of how much eight fucks with Han. <laughs> not to go, not to skip too much ahead into spoiling stuff for next week, but like Ash is well aware of well, my rate, my major criticism for eight and why I, I, I really don't like that movie. And I'm so glad that the, the major criticism that I had 
um, walking out of the cinema when I wrote my review that I soon saw lots of people online have. And it also turns out that the director, <laughs> who of course has a big attachment to his car- uh, character, Han, um, was like, this shit's fuck, son. And he's like, I'm coming back to wreck on this shit. Fuck all you. <laughs> like, I'm coming back to fix it. I will, I mean- I will say... I, one of the stupidest things I've I've heard about the I've read about the production of this movie was that when Justin Lin was on and he was talking about bringing Han in and making this character Han the character from Better Luck Tomorrow and all this stuff, the only problem that Universal Pictures had was that he couldn't smoke, mm-hmm. which, which is ridiculous in this setting where there is gangsters and like. Yeah. Underhanded bets and like scantily clad women and just everything going on. Smoking, smoking is smoking uh, is the bad thing. He can't smoke. He has to do something else. He gets replaced with eating the snacks. Well, but still, I think it worked out well though because I think that eating the snacks is a lot well. more wholesome GIF content than yes smoking Han content. So it works out. Quite I mean, well. smoking. What was you gonna bad. say about what? What was you gonna say just before Ash about when my the stuff to the vape? I don't remember Nothing? what I was going to say. I forgot. Moving on. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, we, we lose on. Extended family. So this is this is people who I wouldn't put in the main family group, but, of course, we're diving into super Dylan's headcanon stuff here. I want to point out, of course, this film has Jason Tobin um, plays Earl in this movie, who I've previously pointed out. Uh, <laughs> he uh, also is going to appear in F9. He, he's the one you can cl- see more clearly than Sean in that He's the one the who attached the he's- rocket to the car. Yes, mm. he is. Uh, he's also the character Virgil in Bad Luck Tomorrow, who I've talked about previously. Virgil, Earl, that's the, that's the, they're the same character. He's the one who spoilers, I mean, all these fucking things are spoilers. What am I on about? He's the one who shoots himself at the end of Bad Luck Tomorrow. And my the fan theory that I talked about before is that he, they run off to Tokyo. Well, they go on the run basically together, and this is where they end up. Anyway, he's, he's Han's cousin. That's, that's my, that's head gun. Then we also have Alden Ray in this movie. So Alden, uh, he, he plays Alden in Tokyo Drift, and in Bad Luck Tomorrow he played Old Alden with a U. So one's A L D E N, the other one's U L D N. Is the character he played Bad Luck Tomorrow? Um, he's the, uh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is just he's the bigger dude in Tokyo Drift. Like he doesn't have many lines; he has a couple lines, but he's always like sort of part of the the Han crew. You'll see together, like he, he he'll be he's standing. Not the, next- he's not the like the the person that does the race, but the first race between, um, uh, freaking DK and and Sean. He's not the no. starting line person. No, I no, love no, him. No. He's a great character. He is. Well, I think he was. Like, I can't remember who did that. That's like the guy with the spiky hair, and he's like really no, cool. No, no, and no, he, like, no, 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 girls no, no. And no, 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 like no, no, no. My favorite start of any race no, 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 in this no. franchise. The, the, this guy, he's he's he hangs. He's like one of the four kind of. So you've got him, you've got uh, Earl, and then you've also got the, another character I'm about to point out in a second, uh, Rico, who's the the girl, and then um, well, it was those three. They kind of hang around in the background a lot together. Uh, and then you've got, like, of course, Han that's part of that group, and then Sean, and then um, whatever. Oh, no, I uh, do. I have, okay, okay, I know which one. Yep. Yeah, so he doesn't have much, but I just, I, I do think it's worth pointing out that he had canon, same character from Bad Luck Tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he was part of the, he's part of the team. In Bad Luck Tomorrow, he, I think his first scene is he's he's uh, friends with, um, Fuck the dude! You know, like they do the whole the dude who ends up joining after he does the report, and they he sets up the whole like free 
uh, Ben or whatever, like sign. Like th- this dude's one of the dudes who's like holding up the sign saying like free Ben. He's like friends with that that guy. Like that's how they get introduced. Right. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's it's Dylan's head can, can hashtag. He has hair in Better Luck Tomorrow, if I remember rightly. Yes, I believe yes. so. Um, so possible people that could show up in Fast Nine that would I think if they show up in another movie, I would they if they showed up in the right context, then they would get ca- uh, canonized into the quote unquote family. So as I said before, you got Rico, Rico or Rico, I'm not sure how you properly say it, but um, played by. Kiko Kitawaga. Um, She helps out Earl in in Tokyo Drift. She's the one who's seen helping out tuning all the cars and checking stuff and all that sort of stuff. She's like kind of his right-hand woman throughout the movie. She doesn't have many lines, but she's there. And then you've, of course, got Neela played by Nathalie, Nathalie? I don't know, Uh, Keely. Who, of course, is Sean Boswell's. Right? It's just got a H in it. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was It's just Natalie. It's just got a random H showing up in it. Okay. Weird. Um, yeah. So she, she, of course, if she, I don't know, like, will she appear in F nine still with Sean? Um, I'm gonna say, I, I actually, I put it at fifty fifty. I, I honestly feel like they could have it come in for a day, shoot a scene. It would make fans of Tokyo Drift quite happy to see them together, of course. And then it doesn't mean she has to be around for the majority of the, the stuff we've shown in it. But especially if they shoot a scene in Tokyo, like or like even if it's shot in America to look like Tokyo, just for like a quick one with him before they come to America or something like that. You know, like say like Dom calls them up or something and she's there and like has a couple a, a quick interaction with him or something like that. that. Just for the fans, I think that would be that would be cool. I have to go. It's hard. It's yeah, it's Han. He's back. I gotta go. It's Han. Yeehaw. That <laughs> since you brought that up, that was, that, that, I think that is actually something quite important to take into account for nine. Like everyone's talking about, like oh, if Han comes back, that's gonna be really cool. Like it'll be really cool for Dom. Like Dom sh- misses him. Like he's part of the family. All these sorts of things. I think a lot of people are missing how, if they play it correctly, how they could make that a really quite emotional and interesting storyline to include Sean as part of the main cast, because for him, it would also be quite a big thing. That's what I'm saying. Cause we're talking about him before in this, in Tokyo drift, he Harney Sean's like mentor father figure, I, you know, these sorts of brother. things. Like I get yeah. the feeling in the trailer though, that Han is the reason that they're there. Yeah. Well, like, I, think I get Han the is, reason that I yeah, get the I feel like Han shows that, up very early in the movie. But I just think that I think we won't see them finding out that Han's alive. Like I feel they like found those out characters, before the start of the movie is what you're the, Like those characters yeah. would have already known Han is still alive. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, which is which is sad in missing out on that possible character. Moment, no, because we're going to get Tokyo Drift two. <laughs> so like it doesn't, that doesn't count as number 10 or 11 that's it's gonna go it's back it's yeah it's, okay. it's, it's own spin-off franchise now it's it's, yep. it's great everyone let's go um all righty so let's get into and, and has anyone before we move on the favorite line does anyone have any other random things i want to point out listen uh, tokyo drift scenes things clearly dk needs to come back um he only f- just fell down a cliff so you know he just <laughs> fell down a cliff you know he only just fell down. I like how his uncle is completely fine. He's like, yeah, you're okay, even though you knocked my nephew off a cliff. Should certainly <laughs> do his death. 
technically he kind of calls it himself. So, I mean, why why was he so trying to knock him off? Why couldn't you just try and beat him fair know. and square? I'm pretty sure he would have had. Also, him. I, I just remember because uh, you reminded me of the last race sequence. No, has either of you watched Initial D? No. Has watched what? Initial D, the anime. No. Yeah. So Initial D has is a drifting street racing anime oh, that's yeah. set in yeah and they have a lot of races that take place on very similar mountains to like the one that tokyo drift has at the very end of it i want although i watched tokyo drift first i think one of the reasons i got so heavy into initial d which i probably started watching like a year later ish in high school i think one of the reasons i started loving that anime so much is because a it was about street racing which of course, had a affliction for it at the time, but also because lots of stuff in it just reminded me of Tokyo Drift. So, in, in, if you want more street racing sort of stuff uh, in in anime form, initial D. In case you don't know, that's the thing. Um, now let's move on to favorite line. Of course, every Fast and Furious movie has some great and also at times corny but gratifying dialogue. I'm going to pass the baton to set the the bar high. Ashley Holdley, what's your favorite line <laughs> from this movie? I have money. It's trust and character I need around me. You know, who choo- you choose to be around you lets you know who you are. And one car in exchange for knowing what a man's made of, that's a price I can live with. Went for some heartfelt shit this week. Yeah. No no uh, joking lines. No joking lines. I, I will follow up yours movie. because mine. Yeah, it's true. I'll follow up mine because mine also is a Han quote that is a serious one, which is one i talked about like a week or so ago and i think i got it like 90 percent right because i couldn't remember it fully but it's where he says life's simple you make choices you don't look back so my han quote that always stands out to me especially i like that quite more like in the context whenever i've rewatched this movie since like giselle and stuff i always like read that line as like he's just hurting you know the man's hurting um Kieran, what's your favorite line for this? So one? let's round out to round out the uh, the Han the Han segment of this <laughs> uh, of this of this segment. Um, there's no wax on or wax off in drifting. The first drifters invented drifting out here in the mountains by feeling it. So feel it, like it's just just like I don't do it justice. I can't do an impression like Ashley Hobley can. <laughs> it's just one of those like very fluid kind of just Han moments where he has this coolness to him that. Uh, is is really great. It's really fun. It's a personification of the character. Um, all right. So for the mix, of course, we're picking two songs each and dropping them into the Ultimate Fast Saga playlist that you can find on Spotify right now. Link is in the description. My two songs. I think obviously the first one is given. There's no way around it. Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Teriyaki Boys. There's no way to escape it. And then my second one is Six Days Remix by DJ Shadow and Moz Death, which was my at apart from Tokyo Drift was always my favorite song off the soundtrack. And I would mix, uh, cause when this came out, I was also getting into video editing and I would just use this song and I would mix skate videos to it all the time and random like trailers to stuff. Like I would just take this song and I would constantly edit stuff to it over and over and over and over. And that's uh, what like stands out my memory from it. Why I kind of love it so much. Ash, what are you adding? Uh, or also I had Tokyo Drift. I mean, that it, it, you need to have it. Yeah. Uh, and then I also went the Barracuda by the five six seven eights. Kill Bill, Kill Bill. Uh, Karen, what do you got? Um, so both of you destroyed me on this one. That's fine. Um, six days remix because it's it's. 
I think it it sets it does something where the moment I see this and hear this song, I'm like, I'm watching Tokyo Drift. Like this is let's let's go. Like it's like that first song of the movie. It's it's fantastic. Um, and I also had the Barracuda by the five, sixes, and seven and eights. It's by the way, my Kill Bill reference was because they have a song in they play in Kill they Bill. They play that exact movie. song. Yes, they're literally yeah. in the movie, in the background, yeah. like they're playing. No, it's um, <laughs> it's a good song, and it's it's very uh, unique in this movie, especially with everything else that's being played. Yep. Uh, so they'll do it for this week's episode. Looks like we're all out of nos. <laughs> He said the line. You can follow us all on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. Next week, of course, we're catching right up. We're going to be discussing Fast and Furious 7 or Furious 7. I don't know. It's These movies are called different things in different countries uh, once they get past four. Um, so make sure you watch that movie before the episode drops. And remember that hashtag justice is coming. So, uh, what? Kanatu Disuka. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say is it though in Japanese? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>